0: Well, we are in a series, I'm gonna get to the point. Uh, We are in Acts chapter 20. Uh, Chad will be concluding this series. Really what this is, uh, is based out of uh, Paul in his later years talking about his aim his vision and the theme of our series is titled arrested by heaven and uh, if we're being honest we are all bound tied arrested passionate to something and uh, hopefully it's not a person hopefully it's a god dream uh but um We are all tied to something. And uh, I want to dive into our theme verse, but uh, this is basically a goodbye letter. This chapter, it's Paul's farewell uh, to the Ephesian elders. And uh, Paul really is not knowing what is going to happen in the future. And uh, that's really our life. The mystery with Jesus is we don't know what tomorrow holds, but I love that his faith And his tenacity is fixed and arrested to the idea of that we live from heaven on earth. And uh, verse 24, it says, My only aim is to complete the task the Lord has given me. Sorry. Yeah. That's part of it. I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race. There's the NIV translation. And complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. How many of you, God has been gracious to you? Grateful for the grace of God. Amen. A few of us. Can you turn to your good-looking neighbor and say, Neighbor, No, the good-looking one, the really good-looking one. Say, neighbor, God's been good to me. Okay, okay. You can turn to the other neighbor and say, you're good-looking too. But I love it because in the ESV version, Paul says, it said, consider my life worth nothing. In the ESV version, it says, not of value or precious to me. He's basically... Talking to us about perspective, about not being too precious or sensitive. If I'm being honest, I cried this morning over something. I mean, the struggle is real out here when you have four kids and your husband's out of town. But sometimes I'm like, Julia, let's not be precious today because it's all about perspective. And I love Paul's talking about life as a race, which it is, and that we need to finish well. In verse 22, when we're talking about being arrested by heaven, the New King James Version talks about being bound, meaning to bind or to fasten with chains from the Greek word deo or dio, And we are all fastened and bound to something. Maybe you're here and you're bound to an addiction. I'm believing that God is gonna free you and give you perspective. But maybe you're like Paul and you're like, I am bound by faith and by vision and my aim is of purpose. In the next chapter, Paul gets arrested. And I love this. Before he is bound to prison walls, he is bound to purpose. He is fixed. His eyes are fixed on a revelation of being chained to purpose for his life. And today, within our series, we're really talking about the mission of Zoe. And in today's um, topic, we're talking about raising leaders today. And I don't know about you, but I think that we are in need of some great leadership in today's culture. Okay? Nope. You think we're fine just as we are? That's fine. We're, I'm just we're gonna keep. I'm gonna keep talking to you. Um, I think that we are in need of some great leadership, and uh, the scripture that I want to be talking about today is in First Timothy. Uh, Paul again, he's instructing Timothy, a young leader in the faith, and how to lead the church. Because I think the church should be a place where leaders are raised, where kingdom men are raised up. Come on, all my single ladies, say amen. Yeah, where parents are instructed. Um, if business leaders have spent $166 billion on leadership development last year, I think the church should work on raising the next generation of future business leaders, future children, future parent leaders. Amen. First Timothy 4, 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example, everyone say example, for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Let's pray together. If you're taking notes, um, I've titled this talk, Invisible Influence. Invisible Influence. God, thank you. For your spirit that is here, speak to us, guide us. God, I just thank you that you are the one that gives us influence. It is a privilege and honor to serve people. Would you raise us to be leaders, to lead your way, to guide the next generation in truth and character, being a reflection of you, in Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Well, whether you realize it or not today, you are a leader. You have a following. You have an influence. And really what influence is, is just uh, people are observing you. You have people in your family. You have children observing you. You have friends observing you. Uh, Maybe you even have a big social media, small social media. People are watching you. And what a weight, but what an awesome privilege and responsibility that is. And our life is shown through a series of moments, some big, some on display. But most of them behind closed doors. Most of them invisible in the quiet moments that are shaping our lives and defining us and developing us into the leader that we are becoming. Yesterday, um, I don't know if you knew this, yesterday was a big day. It was National uh, Friendship Day. Yep, no, did anyone know this? Did anyone know and uh, pause and commemorate National Friendship Day? Nope, you didn't call your friend. Okay, see, I didn't realize this either. I was at a workout class. I'm part of a cult called Orange Theory Fitness. We wear a heart rate monitor that shows us how near cardiac arrest we are at. And um, I entered into the workout class, and they said, today is National Friendship Day. So we are going to do a group workout. I mean, there is nothing like meeting a new friend when you are out of breath and wheezing for air. Nice to meet you. Great job. You know, I mean, it is, it is just not the preferred way to make new friends. And I came home and I was like, you know, isn't that silly national friendship day? But I was like, you know what? I, I, we, I, we've all heard of national donut day. Amen. I mean, not, okay. Not everyone, just me apparently. Uh, But I was like, I, I just want to look up this Calendar, you know, I want to see like what's out there for like national holidays. See what I need to mark as an upcoming observance. You know, maybe just you know take a moment for some of these things. I was hoping to find ice cream, or uh, you know, put put your kids to bed at four p.m. day. You know, stuff like stuff like that. Uh, what I came to find out is there's some there's some. Unique holidays. Uh, did you know that Oopsie Daisy is a national holiday? Uh, poor person who had to start that one. Uh, Crouton Day. Oh, you know what? Someone cheered in the last service for that. I mean, we have some crouton lovers here. Uh, Personally, I would prefer a salad and then a side of bread. Just like a side, like a whole loaf on the side. I don't need it in my salad. Bread is great by itself. Garlic knots, all all the things. Yeah, I mean, rye bread is only great you know, in a Reuben, but, uh, you know, everything else, they don't discriminate. Um, Last week, maybe you missed this one. It was Rat Catcher Day. No? Wow. Yeah, I... I no one knew about that one. Uh, shout out to Pest Control. I uh, one time caught a rat in my house. It was exciting. We, uh, and who knew on Amazon, there's a lot of traps where you can catch them and then release the rats. Um, we're in Los Angeles, so I can stop there. Uh, Friday, Friday, we, you might have missed National Talk in the Elevator Day. Yeah, that's a nope. Uh, May, Lost Sock Day. It's a memorial day for the lost single sock. Yeah, I think that we can come up with a memorial for the lost single someone else here. Um, Coming up, don't miss national talk like a pirate day. You know, could you imagine around the dinner table, our matey, past the potatoes are not even dressed like a pirate. Like we have to talk like a pirate. Uh, January 16th is the only day where we don't commemorate. Did you know it? But it does have a national title. It's national nothing day. So mark your calendar. If you like to do nothing, January 16th is your day. It's one day where we acknowledge nothing. I mean, who was on this board? I, I, I have some suggestions, I would like to add something. And um, I I was just like curious, I'm like who, I mean, obviously uh, people that are pushing the economy forward are creating these, but um, I was thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. And then I was realizing, oh, uh, my husband and I, we actually observe some of these days. We observe uh, National Pizza Day, uh, we most most of the food days, yep, yep, all the food days is what we observe and um, and I realized oh i 'm looking at this as ridiculous, but we follow these national observances of foods because we 're followers we 're all just really followers of trends we 're followers of culture. We're followers of our surroundings, our influences, those that we allow to speak into our lives. I mean, who is a leader, really? It's just someone with a following. Someone that has people observing their life. Businesses, families, relationships. We all have a following. And if we are to look at it as a privilege and an honor, rather than a burden and a weight. The excitement that should come from the place of church to look at the next generation and get excited about what's to come. I can't, I mean, I'm just going to go on a tangent. I'm the mom of this house. I can go on tangents. I can't tell you how many meals I have with people, how many places that I've been where people are talking negative about our city. L.A., now that is a hard city. Isn't, isn't that tough to raise your children in Los Angeles? And I just want to say, you know what? I'm excited about the future. I look forward to the Los Angeles that our kids get to grow up in. I'm not overwhelmed by the school system here. Taxes, just kidding. I'm not ready to talk about that one. But everything else, I am proud of my city. I love it. I mean, I have visited other cities, guys. The grass is not greener on the other side, let me just tell you. And uh, we love it here. We're here to stay. But I am convinced that the best leaders and the hope and the future of our city and of our nation and of our culture should come from the church. We should raise the future leaders that lead people within the house of God. And how do we do that? We follow the example. We follow the life of Jesus. We follow the man that we are all here to worship and celebrate today. But in order to lead people, we have to learn to lead ourselves. We first have to lead from within. We're all developing. We're all in an in-between place. Joseph had a dream and he was in a pit and then he was in Potiphar's house but before he was at a palace, there was was a period in between. Jesus was last seen in the temple as a 12-year-old and then he shows up on the scene at a wedding when he was 30 years old. There's 18 years of a span that we don't hear about the development of Jesus's life. There is all a place in between pain and promise. There's a place in between faith and fulfillment. There's a place between a dream and destiny. And that's where most of us exist. That is the development process. But the development is not always easy. And while we are developing, we still have to develop others. I mean, Jesus, he both caught the vision and taught it simultaneously. This is parenting. Children model our behavior, unfortunately. But we also have to teach them in our ways. So I can tell my children before dropping them off at school, son, when you are on that campus, you are a leader. You represent Jesus. You represent kindness. You carry the Veech name. But when I get a call from the principal that my six-year-old maverick has put his head in the toilet, I have to remember that he had to model the behavior of his mother, who is an adventurer that's down to do anything. I'm not saying I put my head in the toilet, but I am saying that one time when I was in kindergarten, I put my cat in the toilet, and I did tell my children that story, and maybe they just, I have—I I don't know, maybe it, I shouldn't have told them that story. But my son, I said, Okay, did someone put your head in the toilet or did you put your head in the toilet by choice? He said, someone dared me to put my head in the toilet. Okay, so first of all, you love adrenaline. That is something we're going to talk about later. But I said, son, you don't have to be a follower. You can say, I dare you to follow me outside of this bathroom and do... 10 high fives. I don't know. What's a positive change in kindergarten? You know, I dare, you know, I dare you to put your hands it. I dare you to, we're going to walk outside and we're going to give people hugs because we're cool kindergartners. I don't know. Kindergartners for Christ. No, I don't know. It's not sticking, but we're just going to move on. But my children not only catch our culture in our home, but they're also taught our culture. So as much as I want to teach them and talk to them they're also emulating who we are so we have to learn how to first lead ourselves we're all developing in Luke 2:52 it says and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man he was growing him perfect in nature was still developing Jesus did both. He caught and he taught. He let them watch him performing miracles, but then he also talked about it. I loved Jesus with his debriefs. I love a good debrief. When I go to a good party the next morning, I want to sip my coffee, talk about all the details, who wore what, who went missing in the party, all the things. But we not only spiritually but intellectually and socially and physically are all growing we're all in a growth cycle and sometimes our development or our inability to grow as fast as we would like to and get to the place where we want to it diminishes our excitement about who can still learn from us while we're growing. It produces insecurity within us. And even though we are learning how to lead ourselves and we're leading from within, we can still lead others at the same time. Be kinder to yourself. Be more gracious to yourself. Allow others to be on the growth journey with you. 1 Corinthians 10.1, Jesus says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Sorry, Paul said that, not Jesus. We're fine. I need glasses. Our primary goal as a follower of Jesus is to be a reflection of Jesus. We are all self-leaders and self-feeders. However, not all of us are self-leading effectively as self-leaders. We're feeding and leading something. I mean, maybe you're feeding yourself Netflix and you're leading yourself to the refrigerator to get a snack with your Netflix binge. But we're all consuming something. We're consuming content, and then we're producing at the same time. We are created to create. And what happens is if we just consume and consume, we are like a sponge that needs to be wrung out and it's just dripping through us. We need to realize that we need to consume, fill up and pray like Jesus did before he went out and chose his disciples and then create as well. If we just consume, consume, consume and watch, watch, watch and learn, learn, learn and don't lead, lead, lead and create, create, create and give, give, give we're just full. We are created to create. We are meant to be producers. I love what Paul writes in Philippians. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me Put it into practice. Put it to work, and the God of peace will be with you. Basically, there's peace and joy, fulfillment and satisfaction in producing and giving and putting into practice what we've learned. I think that as we are in development We need to surrender ourselves to the process and look to the life of Jesus and not only model him, but give like him. Number two, as leaders and as one who are leading others, we need to identify our gift and then we need to simply give it away. We need to find the God-given gift that he has bestowed to us. Maybe your gift is unique. Maybe you are a creative. Maybe you are a savant. Maybe you um, are a mother, a, a leader, a musician. Whatever sphere, whatever area of influence that God has placed you in, be grateful for the gift that is on your life. I think that we need to pause more and thank Jesus for the gifts that he's given us. Instead of looking to what other people's gifts are. God has given us gifts simply that we might give it away. In Luke 6 it says, And when day came he called his disciples when Jesus was recruiting and raising up and chose the 12 whom he named apostles. He recruited. And then after that, his 72. But he said when the day came, it was time after development, after personal growth, that he was going to raise them up because he knew that God, his father, appointed him but gave him a gift that was meant to be given away. In Matthew 10, Jesus continues to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, performing miracles, putting his gifts on display. And then after that, he says, freely you have received freely give he's demonstrating all that he has is all free to be given away i don't know about you but i want to live a life with open hands i want to say god today even though chad is out of town and i have four children and they are producing in me great character of many kinds. And I am going to stand up here with a microphone. And I would rather, thank you, yes. But I'd rather, um, you know, load out the chairs. And, but I'm going to say, God, all that you've given me this week... All the things that I've walked through, all the things that you've spoken to me, all the the things that you've developed in me in the last 24 hours, I want to give it away. I want to pour out the things that you've poured into me. Before Jesus sent off his disciples, I think that as we're looking at leaders raised, we have to look at that familiar verse that, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In Luke 10, verses 2, he talks about how the harvest is, is ready, but the laborers are few. And then he goes on and he says, So ask the Lord of the har- harvest, therefore, to send out your workers into the harvest fields, into our cities, into our communities, because we are in need still today. For laborers. Continuing on in verse 4, Jesus continues to the disciples and he says, do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. In verse 5 through 8, he continues on and he just says, go to the house and let me show you and teach you how to enter a town. He basically says, get busy in generosity. Generosity. I'm gonna teach you and I'm gonna give you what I know and I'm gonna give you this gift, but there is a harvest field that is ready for some laborers. There are people in need of a great group of leaders that are ready to encourage and to raise and to lift up. Why are people here serving at 5 a.m. setting up this morning? really because they believe in the vision and the mission that there is a harvest field that is in need of servant leaders. That's really what the Zoe Serve Team is about, that we have signed up to be part of the laborers of Christ, because we're convinced that the harvest is worthy of our best. And we want to give to those who have never had a chance to experience Jesus' love and grace. Number three, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Be on the journey with people. I don't know about you, but I love a straight path. You know, one where you can just speed through real fast. Just no turns. Just break all the limits. Just go, you know. Just kidding. No, nope. thank you. Uh, I like to run, but I like to run on the beach where it's straight and there um, is mile markers. I don't like like curves or like roll. People love rolling hills, but I, you know, I just like it straight, predictable. It's it's easier that way. But that's not what life looks like. And our journeys are filled with surprises. Mysteries, unknown, disruptions, delays, discouragement. And great leadership gives us direction, encouragement, course corrections. Gives us boundaries. No one woke up this morning and was like, you know what? I'm going to just let my kids do whatever they want There's this horrific movie called Yes Day. Kids are begging me for a yes day. It's basically where I get to say yes to whatever they want to do. No one would survive that day. So that's a no. It's a no day for me. But I think that when we're talking about our journey with Jesus, we get so overwhelmed by the disruptions and the detours in our own life we can't even bear to think about walking with someone on their disruptions and detours. It's hard enough to walk in our own journey, but to be on a journey with someone else, okay, I can do that if they're walking a straight straight line, but when they start curving and when their life is array, I don't know if I've got time for that. So what do we do? We hold people at proximity, and we put them at a distance. One, because we're afraid to be hurt. Two, because emotionally it's hard to give to people. But the model of Jesus is proximity. It's invasiveness in love. I mean, he says, Over and over, yay, though you walk through the valley, I'm with you. When's the last time we were with someone in a valley? Be on the journey with people. Or take people on the journey with you. Maybe it's a great season for you. Can I just tell you, if you can say, like, I'm in a good place right now. I actually have a lot to be grateful for. Grab someone and take them on the journey with you. People need your joy. People need your light. People need to watch your strength. I love Paul talking about his aim and he's arrested by heaven to finish well. Leadership is vision. It's direction. When Chad and I prayed about Zoe, the first thing we prayed is that we would be here for a long time and that we would have the end in mind that we want to finish well and we want to live a life leading this community with an aim and a focus that we're going to make Jesus famous but we want to finish well and we want the church to look strong I love Galatians 6 it's maybe a familiar verse to you or maybe you've never heard it it's just an encouragement from Paul saying, don't grow weary in doing good. You know what good looks like? Good looks like walking alongside our brothers and our sisters. Good sometimes just looks like taking one step at a time. Good Good looks like just showing up. Just saying, God, I don't know what tomorrow holds. This journey is overwhelming. But I surrender my day to you. And I commit to be on the journey. And I'm going to steward my life to the best of my ability. And I'm grateful for who you've put in my spaces. I'm grateful that I get to lead the people that are around me. I'm grateful that I get to influence even in the quiet moments that no one is watching. I'm grateful to be on this journey. And lastly, I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet today. I think to be a great leader, we need to watch how Jesus led lowly, but he loved loudly. with an example of servitude. Serving is an interesting concept today. You know, I talked about it in the last, but as we serve, sometimes we can serve at a distance. We can serve with a text. We can serve... But I think serving is really just thinking about others outside of ourselves, just putting other people on our radar. You would be surprised if you practically wrote a list of people just to think about and pray about this week, how much you would effectively serve them and lead them in a positive way other people on our radar is servitude but the thing is is that the enemy comes in and just gets us trapped in our own thoughts I mean how much are we in our negative feelings all day what a lie what a discouragement There is one that comes to steal and to destroy your thoughts, but also He's after your influence. And if we wake up and we say, there's not only my life at stake, but there are other people that are watching me that I wanna be strong for, that I wanna live my best life for, that I wanna lead for, that I wanna give to, I don't know about you, but I want to lead lowly in a posture of servitude. Jesus in John 3 says, He must become greater and I must become less. In Matthew 20 says, Not so with you instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. No one is ours. Everyone is His. Our gift is His, our children is His, our life is His, our calling is His, our tomorrow is His. And when we live from the premise that we're saying, not my will, but Your will be done. If we live from a life that says, God, everything that You've given me, I am grateful, so I live with an open hand and an open heart and it is a privilege and an honor to be an influence, an influencer for you because as I follow you, others will follow Christ that lives through us, amen? Come on, would you just lift your hands to heaven if you want to be an influence of positive, a reflection of Christ,